You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Thanks for checking out the Redux Church Podcast, a place for genuine conversation covering Scripture and the principles we glean from it. Now, here's your host. Welcome, everybody, as we are going to finish up Acts chapter 8 today. Uh, one more time, it's uh, just Jeremy and I today, and we've had a good time these last two episodes. Uh, welcome you into our midst. Uh, Jeremy, greet everybody and say something. Hola, senores and senoras. Oh, wow. Uh, that's all the Spanish. It's not all the Spanish, I know, but... Uh, well, you know, a few other words like taco I, and burrito. I and, do. I did, and did I say sen- senores y senoras, or did I actually throw and in there? Because then it would be Spanglish. Oh, man. Anyway. Man. Uh my favorite Spanish or Spanish word is uh, mantequilla, mm. which I believe is butter. <laughs> I, I'm gonna look. I, I don't even know if I can look. At it. If it is butter, I always. I, I remember when I was growing up, I thought I thought it was uh, apropos because it's meant to kill you. <laughs> mantequilla, meant to wow. kill you. Wow, uh, butter's great though. Uh, for a Wisconsin boy, uh, I can almost eat butter directly from the stick. You know, almost. Have you ever had the state fair fried butter where they sell it to you like deep fried butter? No, no. It's a thing. I only go to the state fair about every 12 years. That's about my average, uh, which means I'm still five years out. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, we want to encourage everybody, uh, take some time, uh, go off someplace, uh, uh, find you some worship music, uh, and as we've said before, it doesn't even have to be worship music. You can just worship by yourself. Uh, close yourself in. Uh, tell God what you think about him, how much you honor, respect him, love him. Uh, we love him because he first loved us. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that is worship in and of itself right there, isn't it? It really is. And it's it's funny as you said that. I, there's a, a product I saw that is like, uh, it, it's marketed towards businesses to give you kind of this private workspace it's soundproof booths hmm. but are, they're like pods and they're glass on either side so you don't feel like closed off but it's a soundproof place they like zoom calls and stuff and i guess it's designed <laughs> to make the cubicles even smaller in life mm-hmm. but i thought man uh with with what my company does that might be a really good thing to kind of in, look into and and i thought man what a cool reality to be able to have a space that you could set aside, you know, people talk about a prayer closet, mm-hmm. but even this is like an external prayer closet <laughs> that you can just set in a space and Well, I, I'm great. I'm greatly relieved to find out you weren't recommending that I go buy one of them because of my singing voice qualities. I mean, or were you, I mean, just I, hadn't got there yet. Yeah. I mean, it was okay. a long play. <laughs> Thanks for ruining it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, let's uh, let's jump in. We're going to talk about uh, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And uh, so we are in Acts chapter 8. We are in verse 26. You ready to roll, Jeremy? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he arose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. 
So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter and like a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Zotus, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Cool. A lot of good stuff on that one too. There, this this is uh, this this is great. Mm. Um, you know, one of the things that we we talk about is is our, our simple core principles at Redux is is uh, knowing who you are and hearing the voice of God and responding. Mm-hmm. And man, there's no better example of that right here. Uh, Philip hears the voice of the Lord say to him, "Go join yourself to that chariot." And he just does, right? And 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 then we have this testimony of what of what happens out of that. Um, I'm reminded of what you said uh, previous episode here in this chapter. Um, um, Clearly not. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, go ahead. I, my my thought will come back. To yeah, you. sure. Well, um, well, I'm I was going to look at here how he. Um, the, the Ethiopian said, how can I, uh, how can I understand this unless someone guides me? And then Philip came up and, and then he started reading out of this passage. Here's what I like about it because, um, I didn't, it's funny. It's like when I watched Apollo 13 for the first time, I didn't know the history behind Apollo 13. So I didn't know what happened. It was a really good movie for me because I had no idea what was coming. Well, in a similar way, I didn't remember this story as I was reading it again and how it kind of ended. And I love this part because the Ethiopian is saying, I can't understand this. So help me understand it. The scripture he's reading is like a sheep was led to the slaughter, like a lamb before its shears silent, you know, so on and so forth. It's speaking very much in metaphor is my point. Now, historically, as I'm reading this, I'm thinking about how many times Jesus spoke in parables and the people around him were like, what is he talking about? And here's what I love. The eunuch said, to Philip, about whom I ask you, does this prophet say this about himself or about someone else? The, this eunuch deciphered far past a parable and knew he was talking about a person. He just wanted to know is he talking about the a prophet himself or somebody else? And I thought that was really interesting because my first um, my first instinct when I hear. Uh, anyone say, how can I, like he says, how can I, unless someone guides me, 
when he says, because what did Philip say? Do you understand what you're reading? This to me is a beautiful model of how a pastor should interact with his flock. Oh. Because Philip didn't say, obviously you don't know what you're reading. Let me tell you. <laughs> he asked, do you understand what you're reading? And then the eunuch said, how can I unless someone guides me? And then he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is something that that I think church leaders miss. This whole this is a beautiful picture because you have a sheep. Philip asks a question of the sheep, or the shepherd asks a question of the sheep. The sheep replies back, I need help, and invites the shepherd to help. Yeah. This is something I think we miss. I, I remember telling a pastor one time who I was working for, I said, do you know that you're my pastor by my choice, not yours? Mm. And I said, because I could just leave here and I can go somewhere else, go find another shepherd yeah. and say, hey, will you shepherd me? And they'll be like, yes. <laughs> but I think people forget, the leaders forget that that people are shepherded by choice and that our role is not to lord over them in any way, shape or form, but our role well, there's, is there's truth there is to help them. And we have to allow that timing to be right. The Holy spirit was in every aspect of this story, even to the point of the courtesy that was being paid between the two. Um, I remember my point now. Okay, good. So let me go back. Um, you made, you made reference to everything is sacred. Oh yeah. And so, and so, uh, you know, we, we've got the Ethiopian and we, and we've got Philip and, and it's in, in our, in our, in our modern church world, uh, we, we wouldn't, we wouldn't casually get into this type of conversation. Yeah. Uh, because I don't think the average Christian has, has enough confidence to talk scripture with people. Mm -hmm. um, so what do we do? We invite people to church. Well, we're going to have a dinner after church. If you want to come to church on Sunday, you can stay over and have Thanksgiving dinner with us. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, uh, we got a kid's outreach. Uh, if you want to bring your kid up to the church, they can, they can play in the bouncy house. A and those are great things. And there's nothing wrong with those things. Yeah. But, but we don't have, we don't have relationships that are such that, that we get into conversation with people about spiritual things. Uh, we can talk sports till no end. We right. can talk cars to no end. But, but we don't have a comfort level within ourselves to, to, to either bring up or, or to be even in the room ready to be asked about something. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, if, if we're not able... If we're not able to to follow that leading of the spirit, to hear his voice, to be in the right place at the right time, and and know that we're ready always to give an answer for the reason of the hope that is in us, we'll we'll never have these type of conversations, and we'll never have these types of experiences. Yeah, I think this is one of the reasons I like that what we do because uh, we're having this kind of conversation about this particular passage, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you and I. And I hope what we're able to demonstrate to folks is, uh, ironically, I hope we're able to demonstrate our ignorance. I think it is important. That probably goes without saying, but go ahead. I mean, <laughs> it 
depends on who you are. <laughs> but but honestly, um, I think the demonstration of our ignorance is to say we simply don't know everything by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. And and the only way we get to learn anything is through this process. And and I think that that's huge. I, I mean, that that is the only way we do any of this. <laughs> like, I have to say, and this is why it's so important to me. Like, you know, obviously I call you, I, there's a handful of people I'll do this with. Um, I would say no more than seven on the regular. Um, but I will call and talk to them about a thing. Maybe it's a passage of scripture. Maybe it's just a concept that I have uh, and say, hey, is this right? Is it wrong? What do you think? And I don't usually say it like that. I say, what do you think of this? What are your thoughts? And I either get, well, I mean, it pretty much goes against everything that scripture teaches. But other than that, it's kind of interesting. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or you know, I get kind of, you know, what, what I never get is the Peter response that we talked about yeah. <laughs> before. Yeah. Um, in last last episode, I don't get that. I get a response of, well, I don't know, let's dive into it. And and that is what is so powerful. And and that's, you know, kind of to this point, um, you know, last last chapter or, or last uh, episode, we talked about that in my criticism of Peter. How radically different is Philip with this? Because it's not exactly the same thing, but this guy says, how can I understand unless someone guides me? And Philip's like, uh, and he invited him to come up there and he's like, well, hey, let's talk about this. And it says, and the eunuch said to Philip about whom, you know, and then Philip opened his mouth and began with the scripture, with this scripture, he or beginning with this scripture, excuse me, he told him the good news about Jesus. Um, he goes right through that process. And this dude then, because because we have to understand this guy wasn't, uh, he, it said he was coming back from Jerusalem having worshiped. It's an indicator that and since he's reading the prophets, he was likely of the Jewish faith, mm-hmm. and he was essentially converted and baptized as a result of Philip helping him see that. Because what a what a beautiful thing for him to have been reading the passage in uh, was it is it Isaiah? Uh, I don't remember which one it is. Anyway, reading I think it's Isaiah. This that this scripture is taken out yeah. of. Yeah. Um, and yeah, reading Isaiah, um, <laughs> he's reading about Jesus. What a beautiful moment. That's not, that's providential, man. That's yeah. not some accident. Yeah. And that shows the spirit's work. See, this is what, another thing that's amazing. The Holy spirit was already speaking to the heart of the Ethiopian before the Holy spirit came to dwell in the Ethiopian. Yeah. You, you never have to worry about the conversation that you're going to have about spiritual things with someone. There's there's no pressure to witnessing. Right. Because the Spirit of God's always been there before you. Um, he's, he's speaking to every one of his creation. So you're never the first one to announce him. He's always announced himself. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard concept for us to, to grasp. Yeah, it's it's hard for us to have confidence in it. Because yeah. we're still we're still humans, you know. Uh, you know, both both of us can be called pastor. Sure. Um, but what I but I would like to say is, before I'm a pastor, I'm always a sheep. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, my my conversations with people, uh, I, I try to have as sheep to sheep as much as possible. Um, not not pastor to sheep, so to speak. 
but when people ask me questions, I will give them uh, what the, the whatever degree of of uh, inspiration I have in that moment by the Spirit or or uh, benefit of, of of study that I have done. But but we don't sit here and talk as as uh, uh, two supposed theologians or <laughs> or whatever. No. Uh, and, and and that's something I want to I want to make I, I want to get to here for a second. Uh, we, we ought to be able to have conversation about spiritual things, about biblical things, uh, things about the kingdom of God, about who Jesus is, about who God is in, in this casual setting mm-hmm. uh, with a wide variety of people. That ought to be our goal, uh, that, that we have enough experience with God ourselves that we come to a place of comfort level that, that we can talk to virtually anybody at any level of society mm-hmm. of any degree of education or background and, and just be comfortable with them in that moment. Mm-hmm. How, how crucial is that uh, to, to the kingdom of God being able to grow and expand if we can just, just be simply authentic? Yeah. Well, we, in our effort to do so, we, we do it at great peril. Because I think the thing is, my personal experience is, uh, if I am processing through something that is counter to the norm, which is pretty much everything, um, then I have had to adjust my mindset to recognize and be okay with the fact that I'm going to be judged for my perspective. Not even that it's a perspective that I hold, but I'm going to be judged for a question that I ask. And... And the whole point is I'm trying to grow. And so if it's it's literally like someone I, I took a motorcycle class when I first started learning to ride a motorcycle. And there are instructors that do this, and I didn't realize how annoyed I was until this instructor did it. And I realized, man, I know people who do this like crazy. But you know, sometimes it just for the first time it's revealed to you. What he did was he's asking you a question that is so open ended. There's no way you're going to get the right answer. And he's asking you a question about something you haven't yet been taught. So he's teaching us, for example, um, do you have to put one foot down, both feet down, or no feet down when when you st- stop at a stop sign on a motorcycle? Okay, well, first off, none of us have been taught it, right? So, so this is the question he asked. And he did this with every single thing he taught us, by the way. Uh, and he waits for someone to answer (laughs) and then humiliates them because nobody would have guessed the answer is it doesn't matter. There's no law about how many feet you put down. There's a law of physics that says if you can't just sit there and balance, you're going to fall over. So you better put it down. (laughs) But, but that's the thing. I think in so many ways, when we have our conversation about spiritual things, no one's taught us. And when we ask a question that we can't possibly know the answer to, or maybe not can't possibly, but we don't know the answer to, to get greeted with a judgment of, well, this is something you should know, or to be a a judgment that says, man, I don't know how you can possibly be in a place of uh, influencing others if you don't have this answer on lock. And I would argue, in my personal experience, the things that the answers that they have on lock, I would say is not shouldn't be unlocked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, I, it is crucial, man. I think this is the, 
for lack of a better term, I think this is the spiritual revolution that I'm hoping we get to be a part of. Yeah. Um, changing the culture in such a way that we have a safety in being able to have these conversations, just like the eunuch and Philip did. I, I, I'm, I feel like having read this, I'm going to live in this passage for a while. I will oh. be using it as an example because I do think it's so powerful. The exchange and, and, you know, here's another, another thought about this. Did this exchange exist because they were strangers? You know what I mean? Like sometimes we can be contempt, uh, content, or what's the word, contentious with people who we are not strangers with when something like a passage may come up. Well, I, I was holding a related thought here uh, as you asked that question because as, as you were talking, I was scanning the passage that we had read and I don't find anywhere here uh, at least recorded that it says that Philip announced who he was. Yeah, right. He didn't. You know, and I don't find anywhere that that the eunuch asked Philip who he is. Right. They. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. See, Phil, Philip is just listening to what he overhears. He first off, he obeys, right, mm-hmm. to be in that time and place. But but then he overhears and he responds with a question. And how often do we want to give people the answer? before we've ever identified what the question is. And that's good. And and so he asks a question, that sparks a conversation. Out of that conversation, he says, well, there's water. Can I get baptized? There, there was a flow that began with a question. And, and maybe we're just too busy trying to always give people the answer mm. to ever ask the question that that sparks the conversation mm-hmm. and God wants more conversations and not more delivery of answers. Well, that's certainly confirmation to what I feel I'm called to do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you. I had one more thought, uh, about this. I wanted to get your take. Um, and, and when they came up verse 39 and when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away and the eunuch saw him no more. And went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at uh, Azotus. I mean, what's up with that? Um, <laughs> Is this another moment of teleportation? Yeah. Yeah, that's how I read it. Uh, in, in the same way that when Jesus uh, delivered the maniac of Gadara mm. and, and he disappears from the crowd and shows up someplace else. I, I'm going to just be honest. Um and I know God's listening. I am down for teleportation. If at some point he wants to just get me from one place to another, I am so down with that. Especially when I take my vacation this summer to Florida. Sure would save some gas money, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, man, and even if it costs me gas money, but I'm still magically <laughs> teleported. I mean, I'd be all right with that. Oh, man. Um. And, and this thought just came to me. Spirit tells Philip, go and join yourself to that chariot, and he does. Mm-hmm. And then when he's done with that chariot, then because of his obedience the first time, maybe the second time, that's where that teleportation comes from. Yeah. Because you were obedient, you took your time, 
you, you, you did the full assignment there. Okay, I need you over here. I don't have time to wait on you this time, <laughs> but I already know that your heart's obedient. Yes. So we're going we're gonna to get, get you, you over there. here because I know I can count on you. Yeah. That's where I want to live. I, Man, I right. want God to know he can count on me. Right. I, you know, it's funny you said that because that's literally a very similar thought that I had. I, I was thinking it was all about he was on a path, he was obedient, and he had to get, it, it's like catching him up to where he would have been otherwise was my thought. But it, it is that same concept. And man, isn't that really the, the thing? Shouldn't that be all of our goal, really? Yeah. Is to just be in a place where God can count on us and trust us. Um. You know, I was thinking about this too the other day, and this is not entirely off topic, but um, it God gives us a free will, and that free will then uh, causes it to be a paradox for him to make us love him. So that can't happen because we have this free will. But he He does make us dependent on him. Yeah. And the dependency on him is the catalyst for that love that we can reciprocate back to him. He loves us. That's why we love him. But our dependency on him is, is Catalyst might be the word, a reminder though um, of who he is and what he's done. And um, I, I think that's the thing, you know, I, in the grace world, we struggle. The grace message struggles with action, with activity Yeah, that, uh, you better not be doing it to be righteous because you can't do that. You know, it's almost like that's the one sin that you can't do is to do an action for the sake of trying to be right before God. And I am always combating that concept with, I'm not doing this so that I'm right before God. I'm doing this because I love God. Yeah, <laughs> man. I just love him. Man, you could almost, can you repeat that again for effect? I am not doing my actions in order to be loved by God or to be approved. Um, I'm doing it because I love God. There you go. I simply love him. That's powerful. And that's, what else is there, man? What else do we need to be doing? There, there's nothing else besides that right there. Hmm. Well, let's pray, huh? Yeah. Father, we just, we just thank you today uh, for speaking to us, uh, for expounding the scripture to us. We just pray that that our lives, Father, not just Jeremy and I, but those who are listening to this podcast episode, that that our hearts would be as one, that that we would uh, be available to you, we'd be obedient to you, uh, we'd be used by you, that you'd be pleased with us, Heavenly Father, in, in how we have responded to you to do your will. We just give ourselves completely over to uh, what you desire for our lives as we walk one with you. We just bless our, our listeners today. Uh, we just pray that they grow line upon line, layer upon layer, Heavenly Father, in the greater levels of maturity. Cause us all to be ready uh, to speak that that you put in our mouths for those that you uh, assigned us to. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you have any questions or concerns or want to reach out to Wayne or I or any of our contributors, you can do so at redux.church through the contact link. Uh, You can also find more content there, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. So until next time, we'll be doing Chapter 9 coming up uh, next week. So uh, until then, we'll see you next time. Look forward to it. Bye-bye.